All right, so God give me strength to get through this. My body is tired just from things this morning. So y'all hang in with me. Yes, I'm shaky. It's nerves, but yet it's more. This is just the state I'm in right now until I can give myself some rest. So just ignore me. (laughs) But listen, because God's got something to say to all of us in this. So the title is, What Have You Learned? There's been a lot come out this. I'm going to say this right off the bat. There has been a lot that Pastor Ron, Pastor Larry, Pastor Vicki, everybody has been teaching about that we've needed to learn, to go back and be refreshed and to learn. And um, it just helps coincide with what I'm going through and what God's been showing me and where I'm at today and and what's been going on with me. Um, It's been a strange time. Nothing like I expected this year to be. I mean, uh, counted it out, we're almost seven and a half months from when I started this. Started in the month of April. That's a month of fasting. I did a lot of fasting, I'll tell you that, with the surgery and stuff. Wasn't intended on my part, but it was the beginning of another journey for me to take with the Lord. And everybody's going to have to hang on because I can feel it already starting. I'm going to be like Jocelyn and Adrian this morning and crying most of the way through this. Um, not really going to get into details of my surgery or anything or where I'm at, because you all know it, and you all have been standing and praying with me, standing in the gap for me, and I appreciate it so much. And I, in turn, have been trying to do the same for everybody else, because we're all going through something. God's trying to really show us and help us learn and clean it out. So, (sighs) my intent with all this is to give testimony, yes, but also to um, go through the scripture that I've had. Maybe there's something that'll spark you, maybe things that you haven't thought about. But um, it was very hard to pick out a title. I've had several of them. I couldn't settle on one. And what have you learned? What have you learned? Kept coming. Where that came from is after my surgery, the surgeon came up to check on me, checked me over, grabbed my little pinky with his, and looked at me and said, what have you learned? My response was to take care of myself which is a hard thing for me to swallow. Just We'll get into that in a little bit. Because in my head, I'm like, yeah, okay, right, sure. Just leave me alone. And I'm just being honest, okay? Just being honest with who I've been for the past 60-some-odd years and where that's put me at today. Um, Some of the things I've had learned, that I've got cancer. And it's hard. This is very hard. I, I don't wish this on anybody. I really don't. And I pray against that for anybody standing here in this house, in the network. Physically, it's hard. But thankfully, God chose for me to go through this at a point in time 
where I could go through this. I can't imagine. I was telling Vicky, talking to her, I cannot imagine walking through this without him being totally surrounding me and engulfing me and teaching me. Um, the one thing that really has been impressed upon me this whole time is how much God really has enveloped me this whole time, how he has been walking with me, how, my, how easy it is for me just to trust him and to know that he's got this. Um, that point was made real clear. I'll say this, the night before my surgery, I had a dream, and I knew there was everybody around me praying, standing in the gap for me, but there was an opening, and I could see, and I still see it, this dark, vicious, violent turbulence coming at me, and all I could see was the word fear, and he was trying to come through that gap, and all of a sudden, it's like I could feel it starting to seep into me physically, but I'm like, God help me. And the next thing I know, I just know intercessors just filled that gap and totally sealed it off. And I was fine. I, I, God has just kept me at a point where, yeah, I, I get depressed or whatever here or there at times. And a lot of that's because of all the medication that gets thrown in me, all the poison that gets siphoned into me. It's hard to deal with at times. But um, he just keeps reminding me to rely on him, to feel him around me, to keep feeling that because he's never left, you know, and just to keep trusting. He's got it all covered. The path is covered. I just need to walk it out. So, uh, the one thing he did keep, I started asking him, okay, what's all this about? Why am I walking through this? What are you trying to show me? And he just kept saying, you need to read Psalm 139. I said, yeah, yeah, I know what that's about, yeah, you know. When I read it before, many times before, it's like, yeah, okay, but I got you. But it didn't really seep in until this time. And um, let's just get into it and look at it a little bit. Some things that, and this is, it, again, this is all about me. This is my confession time, my testimony time, my therapy time. Whatever God gives to you to get out of it, thank you, Lord. <laughs> Psalm 139, I'm going to actually go through, I've broken it down some. Um, so I'm just going to start at verse 1 and we'll go from there. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my downsitting and my up, mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compassed my path, my lying down, and art acquainted, art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in, in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before, and laid thy hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, and I cannot attain unto it. Yeah, that's really hit me in, in a way that I can't even begin to imagine. God knows everything that there is about me. 
You know, he, he can search every single part of me. He knows every single little bit about me because who made me? Who made you? God. And he has designed us in very special ways to work for him. Um, that term um, searched really is to penetrate, to examine intimately, to investigate, to be found out. Okay. Some of the terms, I've got them there. We know what they are, like known as Yadah, um, to be int intimately familiar with. And, you know, who is it? That's God. He knows us that intimately because he made me. He's created everything about me. And he had a specific design and a way for me to work that I took a different direction with. And we'll leave it. Um, that term for down-sitting means to sit down like a judge to do it in ambush or in quiet, in quiet, to dwell, remain, to settle, to be inhabited. And right away, that just, you know, who inhabits me? Who inhabits you? That's God. That's Holy Spirit. That's Jesus all within us, those three. And I'm like, yeah, I get that. <laughs> you know, where else are we going? Um the term compassed me about a little bit, it still confuses me a little bit. I mean, when you read it, when I think of being compassed about, I think about being surrounded or that's not even... Um, but that's not what the definition says. And, but it's more like God's clearing your path. He's around you and surrounding you, but yet he is clearing the path for you to walk. You choose which way you're going to go, but he's right there with me in choosing this path on this walk, this journey that I'm in right now. Um, acquainted, again, it's that being familiar with, to be able to minister to, um, to treasure Yes, ma'am, you go right ahead. And I think she's got it unmuted. Okay. Um, you were just talking about, you know, compassed about, and I saw your definition, and it talks about to winnow. And I was just thinking, you know, that it reminds me of that refining process because the winnowing is when you're tossing the grain up and uh, the part that's not the grain gets, you know, blown away and taken out. And so just the, the fact that... Um, you know, the Lord is the one who's taking out what's not needed because he knows the path of grace that he sets you on. He knows what you need in order to be aligned with him and to um, be strengthened. And so, you know, and it's talking about to cast away or disperse. So you're casting away those things that would keep you from staying aligned with his intent and purpose for you. Very good. Thank you. Part of my issue, I will tell you, is is fog brain from chemotherapy and all the stuff that's in me. So sometimes it's very, I can sit there and just stare at something and what was I doing or what do you mean? And it just does not connect. Okay, so it's just another thing I'm having to deal with. Um, and anybody else feel free to jump in and help out. <laughs> Thou hast beset behind and before. That is that Beset is to cramp, confine, to shut up or in, to fortify, to fashion, 
it's a, again taken off of that compass and, and the other terms in here that's just part of his refining and coming in and, and being closed around so in my opinion nothing can penetrate in nothing can can climb in this is about you this is about me getting this stuff out in the way yes ma'am and I think at the same time as part of that refining as well is is being in that narrow place that's what that that confining and that cramping you know he he knows what we need to be able to choose grace yeah and so kind of like what Adrian was saying but I mean so he's he's going to allow whatever pressures whatever that thing is that will motivate us to want to choose the path of grace and choose to go deeper with him right okay. thank you um, here's we all can admit that that's often not what we would choose to be the <clears throat> parameters that would help us choose grace yeah we would all like an easier way but unfortunately that easier way is not what leads to that because of just our human nature we you know we're we have a proclivity to just Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say be lazy. I mean, but there's other aspects to that. But just choose easy. Yeah. You know, but you don't grow in the midst of easy. No, you don't. You're not stretched in the midst of easy. You're not challenged in the midst of easy. When okay. everything is going well, you know, we tend to just move in the wellness of it. Right. And it's not until things are very challenging that we as human beings go, okay, I, I need to really rely on God. And he wants us to just get to that place where that is a continual part of who we are, relying yeah. on him all the time. Amen. And that just speaks to the confession part coming in, okay? Because like Vicki said, I mean, we were created... Um, I had a vision a long time ago, and it was sparked by something that I had heard. I don't remember if it was in a song or a book I read or somebody had mentioned it was a vision that they had. I don't know. But I've always seen my beginning being God creating me. It was like this little pebble that I, I was... Yeah, I was this little pebble, and I was put in water, which he kept saying, you know, it's my living water. And you're being set aside for a time later. Because I'm, you know, and, and I just see a lot of the saints today that that's where we are. We're in that, you know, it was a brown pebble, but it had yellow, green, and light blue spots in it. When it was time, in his plan in his timeline for us to come out he picked us up he picked me up specifically is what I saw I saw this little pebble and he held it in his hands and he spoke some words over it I don't know what they were but then he blew on it and then next thing I know when do you become aware and, alert and know that you're alive and out in the world and everything you know I was put in my mother's womb and um, that, for me, is where things were a little difficult. I know we've had many discussions 
little things I pick up here and there. The latest one, I don't think I've told you this. The latest one is one of my older sisters told me that mom was sick the whole time I was pregnant. She was pregnant with me. Let me back up. She was pregnant. Robin's never been pregnant physically. I know God can do that with things that we have to birth, but it just it continues to explain a lot. And I, I feel like, you know, the baby can hear, the baby can understand, the baby knows what's going on inside. They know, I was watching this little video that was posted on Facebook. They know who mom and dad is just by listening to the voices and react to that in the womb. Um, but my dad ended up, you know, taking care of all of us after I was born. Um, there's a good possibility that my mother was going through postpartum depression. So my relationship with her has always been, and my, uh, it's just been weird. But um, anyway, um, going on from there, you know, you, you're, you're born into this world, and, you know, it's just, you're taught whatever, you know, you see, you learn, you ingrain it in, and the more you gravitate to, or the people you probably gravitate to more, or your mom and your dad, and your sisters. Um, more of the things I learned, I'm going to try and move this along here, but I got to a point um, early in my life where all the things that were going on, um, My sisters always ran to me and complained and did this and pulled and cajoled and wanted me to take their sides and be their best bud and all this other stuff. And I'm told the minute my brother was born and was old enough to, to move around, boom, leave my sisters alone, leave me alone. I'm over here playing with my brother. We're just going to have fun. But that was the beginning of my trying to figure out who I was. Got, got to a point where I can remember being five, six years old and just not liking myself at all. And I have repeatedly told myself this over the years. Basically speaking a curse over myself because it has done some wild things. Um... And just because of circumstances and also the stigma of being a preacher's kid, you know, because you're supposed to act certain ways and preacher's kids can be the worst ones around, you know. Robin tried doing that. I have had allergy issues since the day I was born. Um, I've tried to do things to be normal, like drinking, smoking, other things. All that stuff going into my body. My speaking things over myself that were in negative have gone into my body and been deposited within it. Um, never knew how to talk to anybody. To, to say what was on my mind was never, that was never, like around the kitchen table, never discussed. You know, how are you doing? What's going on? Why are you doing this? Never heard it. You know, um, at least to my memory, never heard it. Of course, I'd clam up anyway and not say anything to anybody because I didn't want to. You ain't going to know who I am. 
I used to say I could, st I could put five or six people together, and each one of them would have a different aspect of who I was. I didn't want anybody knowing me. But who knows you best? And it's God. And he's, I have to tell you this. He has always, always been in my head and talking to me. And, of course, you got the enemy on the other hand. He can't hear what God's telling me, but, you know, the enemy's coming across, and you need to do this, and you need to do that. I've done a lot of things that have taken a toll on my body. This is the process I'm going through now of getting it cleaned out. Um, there are so many times I just wanted to run and hide from God. From everybody else, I, oh, that's easy, I can do that. Go find me a deserted little island or a thing up on top of a mountain. I'd have been satisfied. Get me out of the way. But you can't hide from God. That's like the verses 7 through 12. <sighs> can I get somebody to read that, please? Or you wanted to say yes, something? Yes, and before we go there, can I just say then that verse 6 is pretty much the culmination of of what you're just sharing of your testimony because it's saying all these things that the psalmist was so aware of that God was willing to do to partner with him to to make a way for him mm -hmm. to continue to grow and mature and to go deeper with him in spite of all the struggles in spite of all the things that mentally came against them emotionally physically whatever and he says all of this stuff that I've recognized from you father all of that type of knowledge is too incomprehensible for me to realize. And I can only, I can only attain it. it it's, it's inaccessible. The only way I can attain it is through your breath. Exactly. It's exactly. through more of your spirit and knowing your spirit. Thank you. So. Amen. So, 7 through 12. Whither shall I go from thy spirit, or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven... You are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall your hand lead me, and your right hand will hold me. <clears throat> if I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hides not from you, but the night shines as a day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. <sighs> A lot of those terms are, that are in there, y'all, I, I, that I've put in the Hebrew term for it, y'all know those. Um, but it's quite explanatory. There's no place to go. There is no place to go where God does not know about it. He knows ahead of time what you're going to do. He may hope that you choose his path, but he knows if you're going to go off onto the wrong side. Nothing you can do. I had to, a long time ago, I had to stick that in my head. So I'm like, okay, where do we go from here? You know. <laughs> um, uh, you know, he knows what we're thinking even before we think it. Um, but the, the one thing I grab out of this section of scripture is that turning to face, turning, turning yourself to face him and to partner with him. You know, the, the joining of the hands together and, and saying, okay. And that's what I've had to physically do with him is to stretch my hand out and turn my face to where I could feel he was at 
and rejoin, repartner, to, to recommit. I'm losing terms here, but that's okay. But letting him keep the reins, you know, and guide me and let him have it. Um, some of these things that I've mentioned, I mean, he has told me, this is what you need to ask forgiveness for. And I ask forgiveness for all those things. I've had like, you know how you like you get um, photos going and they'll run rapidly through. You can see them, they're like a disc. I've had that happen and I've seen things. I've heard things in that fashion as well that I've said, spoken, people I've had issues with or whatever. And I've had to ask forgiveness and repent of that so that I can continue cleaning out. Um, the one thing that stuck, though, was, was it, it just sticks, and I still see it right now, is I don't care about myself. I'll do whatever you want me to do. You know, we stepped into this walk. That's what I told God. I'll do whatever you want me to do to help others, and especially to help kids and to help guide them directly. But I don't care about myself. I, 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 I love you. I know that. I might not feel that. But all of this stuff is covering that up to where I can't let it through. You know? But he just keeps pressing. He just keeps walking me through gently. <laughs> you know, he's... He, listen to the Katie singing this morning. I mean, he is... I, I wake up I, in the middle of the night. I've got her songs going through my head. He's doing everything he can to help keep me going in his direction and doing what I need to do. Because this is, this is hard for me. This is extremely hard for me. And I think part of what he's been showing you is that the reason you have to care about yourself is because it's his DNA that flows through you. It's his spiritual DNA that flows through you, and for you not to care about you is not to care about him. Well, yeah, you're jumping down to the neck, but that's it exactly. You know, it, it's... Let's cut to... While we're on this point, cut to this, um, what is it, 1 Corinthians? And I'll share with you. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. Can you, please, I'm going to have, yeah, y'all are going to help me out. Okay. So 1 Corinthians, whoops, hey, just kidding. <laughs> just jumped off my lap. All right. In chapter 6, verse 19 through 20. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And this is, you know, just what you're saying. You know, my body is a temple that needs to be cleaned out, needs to be spotless, in order for him to inhabit every inch of it. And there are areas where Holy Spirit cannot get to because I've not allowed that until now. You know, our bodies are to shine forth in every aspect. 
You know, the enemy needs to see and look at us in our robes and not see any, maybe a dingy spot, because I saw this. He showed me that in, in a robe. And <laughs> dingy little spots, like right around in this area, you know, where I've had surgery, over here where I had something else removed. But other little areas in that ma place, you know, that have got to get cleaned out. These are like deposits. Um, well, like here on the earth, there are places we go that you know that the enemy is absconded with everything in there and has taken it over. And we pray and we stand in the gap and we push for breakthrough in those areas so that God's glory, his deposit of his glory can shine through and be as he created it to be. And it's the same with us. He's pushing through these areas inside of me. And I know he's doing it with everybody. Everybody is walking through this in different ways. Not like I've got, but... Well, and even too, if your desire is to be able to minister to kids and other people in order to be that conduit that is bringing the pure, undefiled truth of the Father from his kingdom down to this earth so it can be known, you have to spiritually be taking care of your temple. You have to have your heart, your mind, your will, your emotions aligned with his righteous vision so that what he's showing you in heaven doesn't get twisted and then applied in an incorrect manner when you're speaking that truth to other saints, whatever the age group that they may be. And yeah. so that's also part of why we have to, because that temple is all about that point of commune, you know, yeah. and the tabernacles that went out from the temple to establish his, you know, dominion. But it's like, as those who are establishing his dominion of the kingdom of heaven on earth, you know, we have to take care of ourselves so that what is coming through us is the pure word of the Lord, that it is his mm-hmm. light that we're echoing back, I think, somewhere, yeah, which ye have is echo of God, you know, that and that verse we just read. Um, and it's talking about, you know, the Holy Ghost that we echo back. It's not our own, but it's from God, his spirit that right. he's deposited within us. We're supposed to reflect exactly who he is. And you can't do that if you don't have that commune and have things in, within you that doesn't operate the way he wants it to. Because the cool thing about verse 12 back in Psalm 139 is that the darkness doesn't hide from God. Right. I mean, there, there's no difference. The night looks just like the day. He is so radiant with truth mm-hmm. that there is no darkness around him. Wherever right. he is, there is no darkness. And so that's who we're becoming like, is it not? That's exactly. what he's trying to have us become like. Yeah. So the son is like the father. Exactly. And the son only does what the father does. And so he's whatever he's got to do with all of us he wants us to get to that point where as we move, there is no darkness because the light we carry within us invades it to where the darkness is not even there. I mean, yeah. we just keep walking. There might be darkness ahead, but by the time we get there, it's become light. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, thank you for saying that. That just really speaks to... Again, pulling things out of my brain or trying to figure out. I've thought that before, you know? I I have, but I knew God was going to cover what needed to be covered. The one thing with um, that the first Corinthians scripture that God was being, was showing me, 
as far as the cleaning out, he was reminding me when Jesus went into the temple and cleared it and cleaned it out so that God could rest in that temple. God could work and do what needed to be done in there. Holy Spirit could be in there. And, you know, let's get this back to where it is supposed to be and what it is designed to be. All right. Um, so, uh, okay. Let me see. So, let's go on. Um, back to the Psalms a minute. We've got time. You know, God has, is so gracious and kind to all of us. And especially with me walking through this, it's just, it, it's such a comforting thing for me, you know? Especially when you get, well, for a long time, I did not post anything on Facebook. And I didn't, I didn't want anybody doing that. There were specific people like the Dallas Saints, and they could tell whoever they needed to. You know, all you guys, I was instructing my sisters to be very careful who she spoke to. Because I didn't want a bunch of garbage coming back. That's how I keep track of, you know, it's through Facebook. It's basically up so I can keep track of family. Whether it's my spiritual family who I love like crazy. And has been so encouraging, sending me encouraging words. Praying for me. Y'all have been... Y'all are such a blessing to me in ways. I mean, you've, sh you know, everybody has been showing what family is, you know, how we're supposed to be. And that just speaks volumes to me because my family is very dysfunctional. And I'm living in that at the same time with my sisters. And it gets rough. I'm going to tell you, it just, it just gets rough. But God keeps saying, this is how you need to do that. Or one of you guys will text me a scripture, or somebody will call Miss Abby. Will call me. That lady over there is unbelievably awesome, encouraging. Let me let me go this far. I I never liked looking at myself in a mirror. I know that those who have been in Miss Greta's studio can appreciate this. Those big wall of mirrors. How can you all stand there and look at yourself? We would do aerobics, and I would try to find myself in a place where I was either behind somebody or outside of the... I'm, thank you, Kim. But where I could not look at myself in the mirror. Bathroom, it was get your face out of the way. Don't want to see anything. That's just another aspect of this that needed to be spoken out today because I'm pushing for breakthrough today. I am pushing for breakthrough today. He's, he's got, can I do it now? Nope, got to wait. Can I do it now? Can I just say what I need? To, nope, you got to wait. Today's the day. And I see, you know, healing coming. And, and who he originally created to me to be, to be coming forth Amen. in this time. You know, I want to know, it says we were fearfully and wonderfully made. I want to know who that person is. I have an inkling. 
I'll share this with you. 12 years of playing a French horn, loving music, singing with my family in churches, which I got to a point I hated it because it was nothing but bickering and this and that and everything else before we got to the point. We'd be called up, we'd go to somebody's church. Hey, the McDowell family's here. Y'all come up and sing us a song. All right. I just, I hated it. And to a point where I was going to go on and, you know, try to get a degree in music. Boom, covered it over. No, nope, not doing any more with it. So that's got to get back uncovered and see where God's going to take it. And that says in the car this morning, oh, so you're going to come up and use my microphone and sing. I said, I ain't there yet. But one day, one day it's going to happen. Just saying that out loud, confessing that out loud so you all can know. And this one over here is... <laughs> okay, so um, this is really beginning to take hold in me. This, this next set of verses, can somebody... Who's got the microphone? 13 through 16. So Psalm 139, 13 through 16. For thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and, thy, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. You know, if I sit, and I've, tried, I've done this, I've just sat and kind of been talking to God, and I'll just start wondering or trying to see how he's created something, you know, and it just totally blows my mind that I have to back off because I'm like, whoa, can't go there, you know. It's like trying to attain, trying to understand and, and know and see, but it, it, gets, it gets to me at times. Um, you know, we've already learned, you know, those reins are that kidney area, but also it's the mind as the interior self. Um, it's root. Um, it's some, uh, an article, a vessel, implement um, to be finished, complete. I'm just pulling a few of the terms off of the page there. Determined to accomplish. God determined what he was going to do a long time ago. But he's determined to see us through to our accomplishment, to, to be who he created us to be. Um, you know, the womb is that, that seat of um, hunger, mental faculties, you know, all in that area where there's been a lot of work done in that area over the years in me, physically. Things that needed to be cleaned out so that I can be who he's made me to be. That curiously rot, that kind of got to, to variegate colors. You know, and I, and I just see all his colors, all the seven waves, you know, um, that, you know, his spirit operates in and around us um, to embroider, to fabricate, to curiously work. 
what was going through God's mind when he was doing all this, you know? It's like, don't, I'm not even going to attempt to try and figure that out. But he had a plan. And you think about the millions of people that have been on this earth, the things, that, the years that we've gone through and the stuff that has happened. He's the mastermind behind it all. And it's just amazing. It's, it's, wow. Again, trying to sit and think about it just kind of blows my mind. We were made especially for God's plans and purpose for this time in our lives. He put special things within us that we are to use for him. Um, and that's something that I've had to deal with in this process. Um, I've had times where the enemies come at me really hard. And God's literally saved me a few times. Um, I have to say, I have to say this too. Over the years, with the stuff that I've done and spoken to myself, that little word suicide has come up several times, and it's even been attempted with me. Forgive me, Lord, for doing it, but God took care of it. I was in a car. I was not in my right mind. We'll say that, you know, drinking doesn't help. A situation had occurred, and I was driving straight for a tree. I did not move the steering wheel. Somebody else did. I could feel it right underneath. It was like, relax your hands. And the steering wheel was turned. And I just stopped and I, I was just, just crying. But there have been several times I've thought it had been that down and depressed um, and, and not liking myself, you know, just wanting it to be done and over with. I confess that. And no more. You know, even with what's going on today and what I've already been through and still have to walk through with the medical issues that I have, not a thought in my mind about that. It's done. It's over with. You know, keep following the path. I was made for a reason, and I want that to come through. We all were made for a reason, and I want that to come through. I want people like at work who, oh yeah, we pray, but yet their actions and everything don't even speak towards that. But I don't doubt that they've, you know, said a prayer for me. A lot of them I really do care about and miss working with them. But, you know, it's, it's I need to be the person that can stand there and be who God made me to be and allow them to see that and not let, not let what they do, what they say, how they act, affect me. And it was really getting bad, too, before all this happened. I'm like, God, how am I supposed to deal with this? Next thing I know, I'm out of the picture, you know. We need to deal with some things before you can go back and deal with them. Okay, let's do it. Um, some of this I've already... We've already gone over. Let's go ahead and um, verses 17 through 18. How precious also are your thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. 
When I am awake, when I awake, I am still with you. That term precious. We're valuable. We're rare. Um, we're prized possessions. You know, he made us that way. We are precious in his sight. He sees us the way he created us to be. He doesn't see us when he's dealing with us. I mean, he, he knows what we're doing, whether it's right or wrong. But he sees who you're supposed to be. That's like, how many, when you first got your prophetic words, you're thinking, oh gosh, God's going to read my mail and these people are going to know how bad I am. I don't want to do this. I thought that before I went in. I had no idea what a prophetic word was supposed to be. But that's not how God deals with us. He deals with us the way he sees who we're supposed to be. Yes, he may read your mail, but he speaks to it in such a way that you're encouraged, you're exhorted, you're um, striving to do what you can to change that. Hello, you know. Um, and I think that's awesome. You know, he speaks to the different people to deliver a word. And it's in such a way that it just blesses you. You know, it, it, it entices you to want to go forward and let's see this come to fruition. Um, and, you know, uh, I'm getting tired. Go ahead. I was trying to think of the name of God that is Ra'ah, Jehovah, anybody remember the, the shepherd? The one that teaches and trains. No, that's positioning. Adonai. Placement. All right, I can't think of it. But anyway, um, I looked up that word thoughts. Precious are your thoughts to me. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it, it talks about purpose, but it roots in that raw, which God will do whatever training, whatever teaching, whatever protecting, whatever needs to be accomplished to have that purpose that is so valuable become alive and, and come to fulfillment within each of us. You know what comes to my brain? He will leave the 99 yep. to go get the one, exactly. to bring them back into the fold, too. So. <laughs> what did you say? Oh, Jehovah Jireh, yeah. Oh, man. Um, let's go ahead and, and finish out. Read 19 through, uh, go ahead and read the last bit as well, 20, 19 through 24. Read it all. Surely you will slay the wicked, O God. Depart from me, therefore, you bloody men, for they speak against you wickedly, and your enemies take your name in vain. Do not, I hate them. Do not I hate them. Oh Lord, don't I hate them? Is that what he's saying? Don't yeah. I hate them? Oh Lord, that hate you. And am I not and am not I grieved with those that rise up against you? I hate them with perfect hatred. Perfect hatred. I count them mine enemies. <laughs> Let's all perfect our hatred, shall we? <laughs> yeah. So hang on there a second. You know, it's like I had I had to take and, and deal with that a little bit, try to figure out we're not supposed to hate anybody. 
But yet, what are we, what are we, how, how are the things today affecting you? Do you really like it? The stuff that's going on in our government, the being forced to take COVID vaccinations, whatever. I don't like it. It offends me. If it offends me, what, what, how's God feeling about that? The other thing was, you know, doing postings on Facebook. I didn't want people coming back at me and, and doing, the, oh, you poor thing. How are you dealing with this? I can only, you know, I, d- I didn't want all the negative coming through. Twice it did, and it hurt. I'm like, can't you see what I wrote? Can't you see what God's trying to show through this? But yet you've got to come, and it, I mean, it did, especially from the one person. It was just like, I've got a cousin that's, man, having some issues dealing with. She just lost her husband a year or two ago. I mean, her dad, my uncle, preacher, well-known in the area. She's played piano and do all this other stuff. But yet, I keep praying that God will open her eyes and her heart and let her ask for forgiveness for her the way she's feeling towards God and not see what he's doing. And I'm still having trouble listening to how do I respond to her. It's not time yet. Not time yet. So I'm praying that that does come through. All right. 23 through 24. I'll do that. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in a way of everlasting. I don't want God stopping looking through me. I don't want him to stop and search whatever needs to come out. I want it to come out. I don't want to have the enemy to have even the minutest little bit to attack and to come at me with. I want to stand. If he brings something up, I'm going to stand. I'm done with that. Do you need to go away? I'm done with that. Leave me alone. You know? And the other thing through this whole thing, like I said, God has just enveloped me and is walking me through and speaking through. He's not allowing the enemy to come in and attack. Yeah, there are people that can say, well, what, what did you do? You know, God must be getting at you. You know, that's a natural inclination that people will say these days. I'm following a journey, doing a journey with God, following a path that he's laid out, whether it was him or the enemy, don't know, don't care. God's got this. The enemy's standing out there and having to watch. And he's having to deal with who I am and what I'm doing today. I, I, I just, you know, stand. Stand in whatever gaps I need to stand in. Have, ask Father's protection and, and just keep guiding me through and give me what I need to say or do to accomplish that. Um, yes, ma'am. I see you grabbing. This just reminds me of what um, Pastor's been teaching about in Romans 5, 1 through 5, about uh, the tribulations and how we need to be rejoicing in those narrow, those narrow places and the places that are pressing us and the places that are trying us because yeah. that's what works our ability to, to stand, mm-hmm. to abide, and, and then from there to um, allow whatever we're experiencing whether good or bad, to teach us, mm-hmm. to uh, get us to the point where we're learning from it moving forward 
and we carry that, that hope, we gain that hope that we carry in our heart of what he wants to accomplish. And then his, his agape is just poured out from, from our hearts because yeah. of that overcoming point. Amen. So this is, this is, again, about he's asking for the Father to search him and, and to test him. But we could say, you know, in, in conjunction with that is a point of rejoicing when he does that. Amen. Amen, I agree. And that just reminds me, too, of the past teaching of the, I'm going to call it the easy thing, the Sarah principle, you know, walking in that seal of time and, and dealing with that pressure, not taking it out of his hands and doing what we want to do and trying to get there faster, not letting the left hand get in front of the right hand, but pushing through to fulfillment the way he wants it done. So I'm going to be closing out here. A couple things I want to, well, one thing especially. Um, I was texting with a sweet saint from Dallas, and she I don't even remember what we were discussing, but, you know, it's, how are you doing? Where are you at? I just keep praying for you. But we had talked back and forth, and she had this to say that I wanted you all to know. She said, I've been praying fiercely that God would do what he's doing in you, in all of us. Okay, We all need this. Every one of us need to find resolution, healing, and breakthrough and change from our old ways and overcome our personal struggles. We must do this to go forward and truly represent our Father in the days ahead. So you are not alone. I just know that I don't want to miss it. I don't want to turn a blind eye and a hard heart toward what God, towards what God needs to be changed in me. God help us all. And we need to stand. Don't let anything interfere. Don't let anything change that he's set forth. Follow it through. So the last thing, the last scripture I've got, just a reminder of who we are. And Pastor's been speaking a lot about this last passage. Um, and it's Romans eight fourteen through 19. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that with the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Amen. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. Amen. God's glory to be revealed in us. Let God clean house. And also as a reminder is who we are. And this is something that we need to be telling ourselves all the time. This is what Jay prays over the kids every time she drops them out. She declares this over them, that we would remember who we are in the Father as his saints, his sons, his intercessors, as his prophets, priests, and kings, as lovers and warriors of him, 
and its mighty men of valor. This is who we are. Amen.